This is the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. We have assembled the world's finest sports and trivia dorks to prove once and for all that we are just as bad at this as we were at sports. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. Sports trivia for those of us who rode the pine. I'm your host, Josh, and today's game will be pitting Benchwarmer Dan and newcomer Trey Kelso versus Benchwarmer Scott and newcomer John Pina. Uh, welcome to the bench, Trey and John. Glad to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, John, why don't you uh, take a minute, let us know where you're from, what teams you root for, and anything else you'd like to tell us. All right. I am from New Bedford, Massachusetts. Um, yeah, I'm New England, so I got a, I got, I got a chip for for the Pats. I'm a, I'm a low-key Bengals fan at heart. Been with them for a while. Um, as far as baseball goes, it's Red Sox again. Uh, I guess local sports is where it's at for me mostly. Um, I just tend to cheer for sports in general, and right now I could use a lot more sports so I can start cheering some more because missing out. I'm about to start taking you guys up on uh, that disc golf advice. Dan's your man if you have any questions. <laughs> Yeah, I can I can answer all the questions you want. I'm not playing right now because it's 90 degrees and 95% humidity out there. All right. Well, thank you, John. And uh, Trey, how about you? Well, uh, currently live in New York City, but born and raised in Baltimore, Maryland, which, you know, some people think actually has a T in the middle of it. It does not. It is Baltimore, not Baltimore, but, you know, nobody ever recognizes that, uh, which means I'm a huge O's fan. And um which also means that Jeffrey Meyer should be thrown off of a short pier into a deep, deep lake, but we will get that at another time. I um, also uh, pulled for the Ravens, uh, went to college at, of all places, Texas by God Christian University in Fort Worth. So, you know, a little bit of horn frog running around in here too. And uh, right now though, I am trying to find something to do as it is, the early part of the year in in August in New York City, which means outside you don't want to be because all the stuff that smells bad in February has now ripened and rotten and really smells bad. So I'm going to sit in here and try and answer some questions with y'all, if y'all don't mind. All right, wonderful. Well, we're glad to have you. All right, so uh, Dan and Trey, what is your team name going to be for today? Well, we figured with the, uh, the Ravens and the TCU Horn Frogs going on, um, and my love of the Vikings, we're going to be three shades of purple. All right, three shades of purple. And Scott and John, uh, how about your guys' team name? That's good. I like that one. Uh, so we're going to play off of uh, John's love for Boston, my love for Mark Wahlberg, um, and going off of uh, one of our previous recordings where New Kids on the Block was uh, prevalent. The Wahlbergs seem to be fan favorites on this podcast. So uh, John and I are going to be the funky bunch for this episode. All right, the Funky Bunch. So we got three shades of purple versus the Funky Bunch. Feel it, feel it. Now on to the rules. We will be starting off with the tailgate to warm up the teams. This will be followed by four quarters of play, each with a different trivia style. The styles of quarters one through three will change from show to show, and I will explain them as we go along. Like any good sporting event, we will have a halftime show after the second quarter with entertainment questions pertaining to sports. And in the fourth quarter, our teams will wager from the points they've accumulated to see who are today's clipboard captains to be honored like the true benchwarmers they are. All right, 
let's get this game underway. It's time for the tailgate, consisting of three warm-up questions worth 10 points each. Question one. 20 years after Daryl Dawkins and Bill Willoughby were drafted straight out of high school in the NBA into the NBA in 1975, what player began a trend that saw 39 high schoolers get drafted until the rules were changed after the 2005 draft? Well, we'll check that in. All right, Three Shades of Purple is checked in, so Funky Bunch, you guys can talk it out. Uh, we're going to go ahead and, and check in with uh, Kevin Garnett. All right, the Funky Bunch checks in with Kevin Garnett and Three Shades of Purple. How about you guys? Go ahead, Trey. You came up with us in the first place. Okay. Uh, well, no, that was also my line of thinking on that, especially looking at all the Minnesotans I'm seeing around here. I kind of figured Kevin Garnett was a natural. <laughs> so Three Shades of Purple is also checking in with Kevin Garnett, and the correct answer is Kevin Garnett. Uh, he was selected fifth overall by the Minnesota Timberwolves and is a member of the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame class of 2020. We've got a saying on this show lately, and that's know your host. Yep. So, uh... <laughs> question two. Along with Garnett, Kobe Bryant is a member of the Hall of Fame class of 2020. Who is the only other player drafted straight out of high school into the NBA in the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame? Uh, we'll check in. All right, Three Shades of Purple is checked in. So, Funky Bunch, you guys can talk it out. Well, I don't think it's Dale Dawkins since he mentioned him in his first question. Yeah. Jeez, I can't think of anything right now. I don't know if uh, – I'm trying to think of plays that came out of high school. Um, I mean, there's plenty of them, but – Jermaine O'Neal did, but – Yeah, I don't think he's in the Hall of Fame. No, no. Straight out of high school. I don't think I'm going to pull it. Yeah, there's a lot of guys from especially late 90s mm -hmm. into the early 2000s, but Amari Stoudemire, I don't think he's in the Hall of Fame. No, I don't think so either. So maybe the year 2000 or 2001. I don't think it's Kwame Brown. <laughs> oh. Don't sleep on Kwame Brown. Oh. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to think, you know, obviously they're no longer playing. So are we missing someone, John? Like, are we missing someone earlier? That's what I'm trying to think. It's, it's um Moses Malone. Yeah, did Moses Malone come out of high school? I don't think I could tell you that. I, I don't. I don't think it's gonna. I don't think I'm gonna pull it. Can we go with Moses Malone? I'm down. I'm down. It's better than saying nothing. Yeah, exactly. We're going to check in with Moses Malone. All right. So the Funky Bunch checks in with Moses Malone and Three Shades of Purple. What do you guys got? Josh, you didn't say straight out of high school into the NBA, did you? You just said. Out of high school. I said straight out of high school into the NBA. Oh, well, we we did we did check in with Moses Malone, but uh, I'm uh, Trey's pointing out to me, and I that's right, he didn't go into the NBA. He went uh, into the ABA. So uh, looks like we're uh, we're in with the wrong answer. So three shades of purple also checked in with uh, Moses Malone, and sadly, neither team will be getting points. The correct answer is Tracy McGrady. McGrady. <laughs> I didn't realize he was – I didn't know he was in the Hall of Fame. He was a member of the class of 2017. And as you guys have figured out, Moses Malone was drafted by the Utah Stars in the 1974 uh -huh. ABA draft. ABA. Mo, Mo, Mo is no, no, no. That's why I specifically had drafted out of high school into the NBA. Okay, so that one was a little trickier for uh, – for a warm-up. All right, moving on to question three. 
we'll, we'll see if this one's a little easier for you guys. So aside from Garnett in 1995 and McGrady in 1997, who is the only other player to be the only high schooler selected in their draft class in 2002 by the Phoenix Suns? We can check in. Funky Bunch is checked in. So three shades of purple, you guys can talk it out. You know, Dan, I, I have to admit I'm thinking this because I heard them mention it earlier, but isn't that Amare Stoudemire? I think that's Amare Stoudemire's draft. Yeah. And I know he went to Phoenix. This is really pushing my NBA knowledge here, but I'm pretty sure that it's Mighty Mouse. Yeah, I, I think we have to go with that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, we'll check in with Amari Stoudemire. All right, so Three Shades of Purple's checked in with Amari Stoudemire and the Funky Bunch. Take it away, John. We're on the same bar. We're trying to thought, but uh, it's Amari. All right, so Three Shades of Purple also checking in with Amari Stoudemire. And the correct answer is Amari Stoudemire. Uh, he was selected ninth overall. Um, however, Trey, Mighty Mouse, you have the wrong Stoudemire. That's Damon. That was Damon Stoudemire. Oh, my was gosh. Mighty Mouse. <laughs> the moon hit my eye like a big pizza pie. That's Amari. <laughs> <laughs> Good job there. Yeah, I figured uh, the Funky Bunch was going to get that one after they had already <laughs> yeah. brought up Amari. Um, so heading into the first quarter, uh, we have a tie ball game, 20 points apiece. So moving on to today's first quarter, it will be pre and post game. Pre and post game. For this quarter, there will be five before and after style questions. For example, if I said, what all-time leader in receptions for the Indianapolis Colts was a Notre Dame safety drafted by the Minnesota Vikings? The answer would be Marvin Harrison Smith. Each question is worth 20 points. Question one. What outfielder won nine consecutive Gold Glove Awards and was a second-round draft pick by the San Diego Chargers? You didn't give a year on anything, did you? No, sir. I think we're in agreement. We could check in here with an answer. All right, so the Funky Bunch is checking in, so three shades of purple. You guys can talk it out. Okay, I'm trying to think of outfielders that won nine consecutive gold gloves. Um, really good fielding outfielders, uh, Dale Murphy, uh, not, uh, Dwight, uh, well, Dale Murphy wasn't a bad fielder, uh, Dwight Evans, um, Dave Parker, second round draft pick by the Chargers. I'm trying to think of, uh, wait a minute, uh, 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 Ken Griffey Jr. Seau. Yeah, I was trying to find a way to make Tory Hunter fit into this, but uh, of course you were. Yeah, but uh, that I like that Tory Hunter Henry. Yeah, that's I, that's kind of where I was going actually, but um, that's why I was wondering if it was the San Diego Chargers or not. But yeah, it's got to be. It, it's it's got to be Ken Griffey Jr. Say Yeah, let's check that in. Three Shades of Purple is checking in with Ken Griffey Jr. Say and the Funky Bunch. What do you guys got? This was all you, John. Yeah, it just it, it, it came to me fairly fairly quickly. Uh, Ken Griffey Jr. say out. Well, sadly, you should have used your philosophy of know your host. Neither team is correct. <laughs> the correct answer is Tory Hunter Henry. It was. Are you oh. me? Now to let you know, with the wording of my question, <sighs> if I change two words, if I change it to. 10 consecutive 
and first round draft pick, the correct answer would have been oh, Ken Griffey Jr. Seau. Okay, you're just being way too sneaky uh, for your own good today, Bombay. Nice. Oh, oh dear. Oh. I got the picks mixed up. I thought Henry was a first rounder and Seau was a second rounder. If he keep if he keeps this up, I'm going to start mentioning Norm Green in every discussion, no matter what. <laughs> no, no, I'm on your team. Don't do that. Okay. All right. So uh Tory won his gold glove awards uh from 2001 to 2009 and also won two silver slugger awards henry was drafted 35th overall out of the university of kansas um so yeah junior sarah was a first round draft pick for the san diego Padres. gonna say it again no your host <laughs> all right moving on to question two what boston celtic point guard who had a famous contract dispute in 1990 with the team over trying to play for the Italian team he had played for the year prior, went on to win a gold medal on the balance beam in 2008. Okay, we'll check in. All right, so Three Shades of Purple is checking in, so Funky Bunch, you guys can talk it out. Yeah, I don't think there's much to say. <laughs> we don't have much to go off of here. I can't get it from either side. Just paying more attention to gymnastics. Gabby Douglas is, Simone Biles is. Um, yeah, Gabby was 2012, Biles was 2016. Who was before that? No idea. That's a blind Jeez. spot for me in, in gymnastics. And point guards with contract dispute. I'm trying to think. Contract dispute. That's it. Uh, I got D Brown, the point guard. Who else could have been out there, the point guard? I mean, uh, that might be just outside my. Uh, Celtics range, let me see, in 1990, with that, there's a Bird, McHale, Paris, DJ, Dennis Johnson, a point guard. He was like a combo guard, yeah. But I don't I don't know if anyone won the medal named Johnson. You could use Sun to play on the first name. Like Sonny? Yeah. Well, um, but also, did, would Dennis Johnson have played for an Italian team the year before? Yeah, that's true, too. You're looking for Dennis Johnsonny Jurgensen? Maybe. I, I don't remember him on the balance beam, but I don't know what he did after his career <laughs> ended. Man, that'd be an interesting routine. Went to Pepperdine, I think. <laughs> Best I'm going to get is Dennis Johnson. I'm back. I'm determined to at least get one of these at some point. I think you'll get at least one. Maybe. I, think, I hope so. I, was so. I was so confidently wrong with the last one. I know, it throws you off. But you're in good company there, because four of us were. Who would you... I... I, I I don't have anything here, John. Like I, I can't. Like I said, I can't get it from either end. I'm. I know D. Brown was a point guard on the Celtics. He won the dunk contest. I think it might have been in that year, or at least around that year. But I don't know anyone named Brown on a balance beam. D. Brownie points. Because I'm gonna hold for. There we go. We'll check in with that. All right, the Funky Bunch is checking in with D. Brownie points. Um, sadly, you probably won't be getting any. But uh, Three Shades of Purple, what'd you guys come up with? Took me a while to come up with the point guard, um, but I got there and then it, it flowed from there. It was, uh, it was Brian Shaw, and then that turned into Sean Johnson. So Brian Sean Johnson. The correct answer is Brian Sean Johnson. And I thought, Scott, you were going to get there when you were thinking, when you said, I don't know a Johnson who won on the balance beam. I thought... Maybe that would have clicked in your head that that's a last name, not the first name. But Right. So uh, Three Shades of Purple will be receiving points for that question. I don't think Brian – I forget Brian Shaw was a Celtic. That's, that's a good pull, Dan. 
Question three in pre and post game. What three-time NFL championship winning quarterback is a place kicker out of Florida State University who is tied for second longest field goal made with five other kickers? Let's do that. Let's let's check that in. Good check in. All right. Three Shades of Purple is checked in. Funky Bunch, you guys can talk it out. All right, John. So he said the second longest field goal, which would be 63. Yeah, so 63. 64 is the record. So Jason Elam has a 63-yarder. I think Matt Prater does. Tom Dempsey. Right. We were probably attacking it from the more difficult end, though, John. Like three Super Bowls for QBs. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like there's going to be so many of those. Um, and I think we can eliminate Terry Bradshaw thanks to the infamous Terry Bradshaw Green that we've had before. <laughs> Unless there's a Sean, if he did it again, there's a Sean kicker, but I can't. Is there? Um, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Uh, it's not Matt Ryan Longwell, because Matt Ryan doesn't have any Super Bowl championships. Three Super Bowls. So let's see, let me say, uh, Troy Aikman has three Super Bowls. Yeah, I was, I was trying to think that, too. But there going to be uh, Manny... Uh, geez. No. Um, so we're throwing away Troy Ake Manny Ramirez from now on, right? <laughs> I mean, I think it's fair game for other episodes. Or Manny Pacquiao. You could do a bunch. Yeah. What about Joe Montana? But I don't think there's a... Quarterback Bart Starr. Roger Starbuck. Johnny Unitas. Best ever. Johnny U. No bias there at all. Who said that he had a haircut you could set your watch to? Was that... Uh... <laughs> Someone said that. Oh, come on. <laughs> it was Homer Simpson, by the way, that said that. Like The only three-time one I could think of was just Troy Aikman. Like, I can't get him out of my head. Get out of my head, Troy Aikman. Every Sunday I, have, I say that. Yeah, exactly. 63 yarders. Um, I think after Dempsey, Jason Elam was the next one to do it. Yep. Matt Prater did it, I think, recently, right? Hey, don't say anything bad about Matt Prater. We might lose him as a listener. We've already lost him. We lost him with Christian Bale. I, I think Rob Baronis might have done it from the Titans. I should really pay more attention to where kickers go to college. That's what I'm learning. I'm so close to just saying Joe Montana and Skywalker. <laughs> he could probably nail one from 60 yards, I would guess. He's got the force on his side. If you got any type of answer you, want, you wanted to submit, you can. If I had an answer, we'd be checked in. I, I had nothing. <laughs> Scott doesn't like missing these. I know that. No, not happy. I'm in the same boat with them. As long as I finish above the Mendoza line with these questions, I'll be uh, I'll call it a good time. What's that, 200? <laughs> not in this podcast. It's probably zero. <laughs> no, you guys are all brilliant, man. I've got nothing, man. Uh, Troy Ake Manny Smith. Okay. You guys going with the Troy Ake Manny Smith? Sure. Yeah, check that in. All right, so. Funky Bunch has checked in with Troy Ake Manny Smith. Hey, Josh, go ahead and read that question again, would you? I just have to read the beginning part for you guys. What three-time NFL championship winning quarterback? Not Super Bowl. Yeah. That doesn't help me because I old football is is a weak spot for me. So I'm an old guy, so it that's how I that's how I figured it out. If if you would have come across the kicker, I think you would have backed into it. Yeah. Three shades of purple. What do you guys got? Go ahead, Trey. You got this. The quarterback is Otto Graham. Ah, he ran through my mind. Who won three titles with the Cleveland Browns. And uh, you know where it's real easy to kick a long field goal in the Superdome? Because Graham Gano did that for the Saints. It's Otto Graham Gano. The correct answer is Otto Graham Gano. 
I'm so mad. So Otto led the Cleveland Browns to NFL championships in 1950, 1954, and 1955. Gano's 63-yard field goal was a game winner as time expired that sealed the victory for the Carolina Panthers over the New York football giants. So it was not indoors. It was not the Saints. Okay. I literally ruled them all. I thought that was 62. Josh, what really threw me on that question was that there's two Florida State kickers that are on that list. There are? I, I'm, I'm pretty sure Janikowski's on it too, isn't he? Um, I don't know. Let me double check. If he's not, he's really close. He's known for kicking the bombs. So I eliminated, I eliminated him because I don't remember him ever kicking a 63-yarder. I, I don't know that for a fact. As a matter of fact, I probably, I'm probably wrong. But he's, I think maybe 61. He's up there, yeah. I mean, that's the first place I'm going to go, though, is, oh, yeah. is Sebastian Janikowski when I think Florida State and long kicker. Huh. I didn't even realize he went to Florida State. But, uh, yeah. He, he has the longest unofficial field goal attempt at 76 yards. Yeah, I remember that. He, he has the longest field goal in overtime, which is 57 yards. But anyway. All right, question four. What Wichita State shocker was the first person to lead the nation in both rebounding and scoring in the same season before being drafted by the Seattle Supersonics and is the all-time leading scorer for the Vancouver Canucks? We're going to check in. Oh, yeah, that's absolutely right. Three Shades of Purple is checked in. So the Funky Bunch, you guys can talk it out. Drafted by the Sonics. I'm going to have to get this strictly from a basketball perspective because, mm-hmm. yeah, Vancouver Canucks, no. Nope. Vancouver Grizzlies, sure. Canucks, no. So drafted by the Sonics. So, you know, we're, we're looking at a radius of, like, the 70s to 2006. Mm-hmm. I love how he keeps making remarks that we're old when we know these things. <laughs> well, you guys are old, so it's true. I mean, there's that. All right. Scoring and rebounding, so we're looking at like a, let me see. Looking at a big guy, most likely a forward or center. Mm-hmm. I think all my old Sonics. Yeah, thinking like uh, Xavier McDaniel, Tom Chambers. Mm-hmm. Maybe before then, Jack Sigma. Is it McDaniel's or McDaniel? It's McDaniel. There's no S, but I that doesn't help me because I don't know. I know Daniel Briere is a, and but I know he's not the all-time leading scorer for the Canucks. I don't know any other Daniels that play hockey, so I'm I'm out. That's all you pulled. I'm definitely not going to get this on the hockey time. Xavier McDaniel Briere. Do you know any other Daniels that play hockey? Uh-uh. Or Dan's? I mean, like I know Danny Heatley, but he goes by Danny, so I I don't think. Yeah. Let's do Xavier McDaniel Briere, just so at least we we're naming right players in the sport. I'm cool with checking out with that. All right, Funky Bunch is checking in with Xavier McDaniel Briere. What you got, Three Shades of Purple? Trey, you got it really quick, so. Okay, uh, yeah, well, I'll take the lead from my partner here, Xavier McDaniel Lundberg. <laughs> but the, the, leading, the leading scorers for the Canucks are all uh, one of the Sedin brothers. Oh, Daniel Sedin. And there is the Xavier McDaniel Sedin. <laughs> and the correct answer is... Xavier McDaniel Sedin. Uh, Xavier averaged 27.4 points per game and 15 rebounds per game his senior season in 1985. Sedin was drafted second overall by the Canucks in the 1999 NHL draft, and his brother Henrik was drafted third overall also by the Canucks. Uh, Daniel's pick was acquired in a trade with Atlanta. 
I looked up the Sedin brothers because I asked a question about goal scoring brothers literally about two weeks ago. So I, I should have that should have been in my head. I also had a, an Xavier McDaniel pre and post game that I now can't use. Thank you, Bombeck. <laughs> Sorry about that. I was trying to not be so know your hosty because I initially had a Randall McDaniel. Oh, that would have been great. Rest his soul. Rest his soul? His soul is still <laughs> fine. Unless you know something I don't. Did we just kill off Randall McDaniel? <laughs> don't kill off Randall McDaniel. All right, Scott, let's see if you can avoid being blanked. Have you been blanked on a pre and post game? No, absolutely not. No, not until today. Question five. What golfer who has completed the career majors grand slam is often included in major league baseball trades oh okay i i i, I got it then okay i'll type it to you ah, i know it too i don't want to know it but i know it like i said i think i made it too tricky with my rewording i get it like uh, yeah i can see why everyone's brains would you know I'm trying to make I'm trying to make Edwin Jackson work into the work into the question somehow. I couldn't do it. We're checked it. Funky bunch, you guys can talk it out. I know it, John. I kind of wish I didn't know it, but I know it. You know it? Yeah, it's Gary Player to be named later. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's a perfectly legitimate response there. That's so amazing. Dan, I want to know a team. I want to know a team that Josh likes that you don't, so I can harass him about it without oh, hitting you by accident. Um, I don't think there is one. North St. Paul High School, maybe. You guys checking in with that? Yeah, uh, yeah. Bombback. We'll check in with Gary Player to be named later. All right, Funky Bunch has checked in with Gary Player to be named later, and Three Shades of Purple. Yeah. <laughs> I said I was trying to I was trying to work in Edwin Jackson into this. And I was like Edwin Jackson Nicholas. Is that going to work? <laughs> um, but no, it's Gary Player to be named later. And the way that that was written, yeah, that. Uh, like I said, I I just changed it this morning. I thought it was too easy to begin with, but seeing how difficult some of these other ones tended to be, I thought let's go with the the previous wording I had. I say we take up a collection to put put Josh on a nice boat cruise on Lake <laughs> on Lake Minnetonka. Lake Minnetonka, you probably have fun. I've heard, those, <laughs> I've heard those are pretty fun cruises. Um, just to let you know, there there have only been five uh, PGA players to get the career majors Grand Slam. That's uh, Jack Nicklaus, Tiger Woods, Ben Hogan, Gary Player, and Gene Sarazen. Um, so Gary has won. He won nine major championships. Three Masters, one U.S. Open, three Open Championships, and two PGA Championships. And just for fun information, four players in Major League Baseball history were traded for a player to be named later. They were subsequently traded back to their original teams, thus being players that were traded for themselves. These players are Harry Cheedy, Brad Golden, Dickie Knowles, and John McDonald. And if you've heard of any of them, you know more about odd baseball trivia than I do. I know Dickie Knowles. I only know John McDonald. He was an infielder for the Indians and Blue Jays. All right. Wow. After a really long pre and post game, we have the following scores. Uh, the Funky Bunch has 40 points uh, and three shades of purple 
he has 100. So it is still anybody's ball game. Today's second quarter will be the Dean's List. The Dean's List. For this quarter, there will be three lists containing 10 items where the teams will go back and forth, guessing the items on the list. If a team guesses incorrectly, the other team can attempt to finish out that list. Each team is allowed one mulligan to be used after an incorrect guess. Each item is worth 10 points. So our first list is the 10 players with the most interceptions returned for touchdowns in NFL history. And uh, we will start with uh, the team that is currently trailing. So the Funky Bunch, you guys will go first. We'll check in with Ed Reed. Ed Reed is not in the top 10. He he is tied for 11th with seven other players. Would you like to use your mulligan? Wow. I don't know that we should, John, because I, this is right. It's so it's a crapshoot. I, I, yeah, I know. I mean, like I thought for sure Ed Reed was in there. All I do is remember him returning interceptions when he played, and he's not on there. So yeah, I know. I'm a Bengals fan. So do I. <laughs> right. He was one interception return for touchdown away from being on the list. Right. So I'm thinking if he's not on the list, I can't. Th- I can't even think of anyone that has more than him. And there's ten people that do. So I don't know if it's worth using the mulligan this early. I think they may struggle with this too, hopefully, and then we can just move on. Yeah. All right. So Funky Bunch is not going to use their mulligan. And I, I've just got to say, John, if you guys had done a better job of protecting my man, Andy Dalton, he would have not have thrown so many balls to Ed Reed. Okay. We gave you a nice redheaded quarterback there. <laughs> so three shades of purple, you guys get to just sort of go at it and try to get all 10 if you can i know number one is rod woodson i I just know that so we can go with him first rod woodson is number one on the list with 12 return interceptions return for touchdowns i think his brother from another mother is also on the list charles woodson i i don't know that much about charles because uh he spent most of his career with green bay and i didn't follow them that much but you guys are obviously very aware of things that go on in Green Bay. Let's let's wait on Charles, but let's go with the other one first. Though. Let's go with let's go with the guy that's really hurt me a lot, Darren Sharper. Oh well, Darren Sharper has hurt the planet. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Darren Sharper is tied for second with eleven. Okay. I think Woods. I think the other Woods. I think Charles Woodson's going to be on here. Okay. I'll 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 ride with Charles Woodson. Charles Woodson is tied for second with 11. Well, okay, you're the Minnesota guy. Yeah. I suggested Paul Krause because I know he was the interception leader for like forever. How many of them did Krause take to the house? I don't think a lot of them were pick sixes. Okay. He, he, he was playing center field. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't really bringing a lot of them back. Ooh. I just thought of one, a fellow who did kind of make his specialty, uh, Chris McAllister. That was that was his deal with the Ravens. He was the cornerback that would jump on something, and all of a sudden he'd be in the uh, the team's end zone. And you're not you're not you're not thinking of Ed Reed. <laughs> no, I'm not thinking of Ed Reed. You know. Let's throw out a few names and decide what we want to do with them. All right. Let's. Um. I, I threw out a Keeb Talib earlier. 
Okay, okay. he was with um, Denver and then the Patriots, Patriots, right? Yeah. Now he's with the Rams, I think, but he – He's had a hard time staying on the field. I'm not sure yeah. that he's been on the field that much. Uh, you're right. He might not have been. Um, I think Deion Sanders is a not a lock, but. Yeah. What about Ronnie Lott? Ronnie Lott is another one that, I mean, he hit hard. Was he bringing a lot of them back? That's, see, now I'm just, now I'm just thinking NFC Central. Um, yeah. Thinking uh, Charles Tillman. I don't have any thunder on any of these at all. So now I'm just throwing out names. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm, tr- I'm trying to think now of of uh, Daryl Green used to play for the Washington team that no longer has a name. Yes, and he was fast, extremely fast, and a very good cover man. Yeah, I like that. I say we go with that. Daryl Green. We're going to check in with Daryl Green. Daryl Green is not on the list, nor is he one of the players tied for eleventh. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, wow. Would you okay. guys like to use your mulligan? Trey, I think it's a crapshoot at this point. Yeah. Not on this. This is a tougher list than I thought it was because the guys we know as ball hawks apparently didn't take it back to the end zone all that much. So I think we'll, I, I would say no on the mulligan here. Okay. All right. So they are not going to use their mulligan. Dan, you did mention three players who are on the list. Are you kidding me? At number four is Akib Talib with 10. I'm sorry, Dan. That's fine. That's fine. There are three players tied for fifth. That is Ken Houston, Deion Sanders, and Aeneas Williams. They've had nine. Aeneas Aeneas Williams, yeah. And then there are three players tied with eight who are tied for eighth. That is Eric Allen, Rondé Barber, and Charles Peanut Tillman. Oh, Peanut Tillman, yeah. Oh, man. That's, that's how I mean, but I, I'm not certain I would have said that we had to go with any of those, though. You know, there were other names we threw out there, too. That... All right, list number two. And this time we'll be starting with Three Shades of Purple. The 10 players with the most career rebounds while playing for the Boston Celtics. We'll, we'll, we'll check in with Bill Russell. Bill Russell is number one with 21,620 rebounds. Funky Bunch. Let's check it with uh, uh, double O himself, Robert Parrish. Robert Parrish is number two on the list with 11,051. I'm just going to say this, that there's a, Min- there's, there's a Minnesota guy on this list. Yeah. So we might as well pick off. Take him off there. Yeah. We'll, go, we'll check in Kevin McHale. Kevin McHale is sixth on the list with 7,122 rebounds. We're going to check in with Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce is number seven on the list with 6,651 rebounds. Um, I think there's some other legends on this list that we should probably take off. Let's go with a certain person who has legend in their name, maybe. Indeed. Larry, Larry Legend, Larry Bird. Larry Bird. Larry Bird is number four on the list with 8,974 rebounds. Let's punch our ticket, hopefully, with uh, KG. Check that in. Kevin Garnett is 18th on the list, so they are not, he is not in the top 10. I just don't think he, I don't think he played there long enough to, to get enough. Yeah. So would you guys like to use your mulligan or save it for list three? We're going to save it. 
All right, so the Funky Munch is going to save their mulligan for list three. So three shades of purple. You guys can try to finish the list out. Well, Trey, I know he could steal the ball. Could he rebound the ball too? Oh, yes, he could rebound the ball. He could shoot the ball. He could pass the ball. But most importantly, Havlicek stole the ball. Yeah, let's go Havlicek. John Havlicek, who has played more games than any other Boston Celtic, is number five on the list. We spent a lot of time talking about Florida State earlier. This is probably the best basketball player ever to come out of Florida State. I'm going to say Dave Cowens. Dave Cowens is number three on the list with 10,170 rebounds. So uh, Antoine Walker would be the other one that we thought. Antoine Walker is number 10 on the list with 4,782 rebounds. We, we were stuck between Walker and, and Garnett, and the math led us towards Garnett. That surprises me, man. So how many have we named? We've named eight now? I think there's been eight. I think we have nine and eight left. Eight and nine are the only positions left. Great nickname. Also a longtime Celtic that was willing to do just about anything on the court. Uh, put Unc Charlotte on the map when he was in college, when he, when he went by Cornbread Maxwell, but, but the Celtics mostly called him Cedric Maxwell. Is that who you're checking in with? Yeah, I'm checking in with uh, Cornbread Maxwell. Corn, Cedric Cornbread Maxwell is number 14 on the list, ah. so he fell outside of the top 10. Okay. Would you guys like to use your mulligan on the, to try and get those last two? Not for the last two, right? Yeah, no. Better to have it in our back pocket. Didn't think so. Uh, the two that you guys did not get. Can I try to guess one of them? Sure. I'm going to be very mad. Very mad. Uh, watching a lot of Celtics games. Um, sometimes like I think they offer up like a, a Tommy Heinzen award. Tommy Heinzen is number nine on the list. God, no, come on. And number eight on the list, another Tom, Tom Sanders. All right, moving on to the third and final list uh, in the second quarter. I need you to list the last 10 unique females to be named AP Athlete of the Year. And uh, so we are back starting with the Funky Bunch. John, you want to take that one off the list there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 All right. Uh, Serena Williams. Serena Williams uh, has been named AP Player of the Year in 2018, 2015, 2013, 2009, and 2002. Three Shades of Purple. Okay, we're going to check in with Simone Biles. Simone Biles, the most recent uh, winner of the AP Athlete of the Year. She has won twice, 2019 and 2016. Funky Bunch. Let's go with uh, Miss Gabby Douglas. Gabby Douglas won the honor in 2012. That is correct. We'll go uh, Lindsey Vaughn. Lindsey Vaughn was recognized in 2010. That is correct. We'll check in with Diana Tarazi. Diana Tarazi is not one of the last 10 unique females to be named AP really? Athlete of the Year. I'm glad you said that because that was on our list. Yeah, interesting. I thought if Serena in 02, then I figured, okay, we'll use our mulligan. All right, you guys are teed back up. All right, we're going to check in with uh, her name's in the title of one of our early episodes. We're checking in with Danica Patrick. Annika Patrick is also not on the list. Wow. So three shades of purple. You guys have your mulligan and a chance to finish out the list. 
if Sor if Annika Sorenstam's on it, she's right at the end of the list. Yeah, she's as far back as we can go. Um, but oh, wait a uh, uh, um, Ochoa. Oh, Lorena, Lorena Ochoa. Yes, yeah, that would make sense. A much more a much more recent and just as dominant golfer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's do that. Uh, Lorena Ochoa was recognized back to back years in 06 and 07. That is correct. Let's let's go. Let's go. Abby Wambach. Abby Wambach was recognized in 2011. That is correct. Okay. Well, here, here's the deal, Trey. We have we have a mulligan. We do. And I know for a fact that Sorenstam got it. So okay. What if we throw Sorenstam out there to gauge where we are? So let's go with Annika Sorenstam. We'll check in with her. Annika Sorenstam won back to back to back uh, AP Athlete of the Year from 2003 to 2005. That is correct. So she was before Ochoa. Okay. Okay. We haven't heard the 2015 winner yet. And the 2015 was a World Cup. Okay. And the big star of the American team in 2015 was Carly Lloyd. Okay. She went crazy. She did more damage to Japan in the finals than Godzilla. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Go with it. Yeah, we'll check in with Carly Lloyd. Carly Lloyd is not on the list. I'm assuming you're using your mulligan. Yeah, we may as well. You are teed back up. Trey, what was the name of the um, the little leaguer, the little league uh, pitcher? Oh, geez. Oh, that's a good one. And I don't remember her name either. But that is exactly the kind of thing they would do, isn't it? Are we forgetting an obvious one here? Probably. Venus was big before Serena was. Yeah, you're right. Was she AP Athlete of the Year big? There was a, there was a time where Venus was the Williams that nobody wanted to see on the other side of the court. Yeah. Um, like around when would that have been, though? That's like early 2000s, right? Right. This would have been early 2000s. This would have been like just before Sorenstam. Okay. I'm all right going with that. Uh, for the record, I really do think that that pitcher is on here, but I can't think of her name. I can't think of her name either, and you're probably right. Somebody had to have won it in 2015. And so help me God, if it's a horse, Josh, I am going to hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would be the one to have that, but... Uh... Um, okay, so let's check in with Venus Williams. Venus Williams is not on the list. And Trey, if you had listened when I said Serena Williams, 2015 was one of hers. Oh, okay. Guys, Monet Davis is the pitcher. Yep, that's it. And Monet Davis was recognized in 2014, so that's one of the three that you missed. Katie Ledecky in 2017. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, we did miss an obvious one. Lastly, the only WNBA player on the list Candace Parker, 2008. Oh, yeah. John put her name down, and I thought, like, Brittany Griner, Tarazi. Okay, so heading into halftime, we have the following score. Funky Bunch are slow out of the gate. They have 80 points. Three Shades of Purple is leading by a considerable amount at 240. It is now time for the halftime show. There will be five entertainment questions pertaining to sports, with each question worth 20 points. Question one. 
What actor reprised his role as Johnny Lawrence in the Karate Kid revival series titled Cobra Kai that debuted in 2018? I got this one. Yeah, we'll check that in. Okay, so Three Shades of Purple is checked in. Funky Bunch, you guys can talk it out. John, I know the guy. I know his name and I can't think of it. He was at Barney and Robin's wedding and How I Met Your Mother. (laughs) Because he was the true hero of the Karate Kid, according to Barney. Exactly. Oh my God, what's his name? I tell people, if you are from the 80s, you're either a Karate Kid guy or a Back to the Future guy. And, uh, geez, Doc, this is heavy. Why not both? <laughs> when it comes to so How I Met Your Mother, I've seen like two episodes of that. It might come to me, but it, it probably won't in time for this question. Already fell, John. That's a, one of my favorite shows of all time. <laughs> Love that show. I don't have it, John. I mean, I have it. I know it. But at this point, my brain's so drained from the first two quarters. I can't even formulate real thoughts. I'm not going to pull anybody outside of uh, Ralph Macchio or Pat Morito on there. Oh, man. Let's go. Let's let's check in with Hillary Swank. I like it. All right. So the Funky Bunch has checked in with Hillary Swank and Three Shades of Purple. What do you guys got? This is, uh, like like Barney says, he's the, the true hero of Karate Kid. Is it Billy something? It's close. It's William. It's William Zabka. Bill, he calls him Billy Zabka. Yeah. yeah. The correct answer is William Zabka. And my flavor text on how I met your mother was taken, so we can just move on to question two. <laughs> uh, what hip-hop duo had the following lyric in a 2001 song? Glitter, gliss, gloss, gloss. I get you be running like Randy Moss. I know it. Check in. You can, uh, you can definitely check that in. Okay, so the Funky Bunch is checked in. Three shades of purple. You guys can talk it out. Oh, this is going to be interesting. Um, what was the year on that? 2001. 2001, and you said it's a duo? A hip-hop duo. I'm going to name the only hip-hop duo I can think of from that year. What do you think of Outkast? Uh, I was about to say, if, you know, if you're going to ask me a hip-hop act from that time frame, that's the only one I know, Andre 3000 and the other fella. Can we check in with, uh, with Outkast that would be Andre 3000 and Big Boy? Just want to make sure that we get Big Boy in there. All right, so you guys are checking in with Outcast. With Andre 3000 and Big Boy. <laughs> with Andre 3000 and Big Boy. And the Funky Bunch, what do you guys got? It's not a member of the duo that's rapping that lyric of glitter, gliss, and gloss, gloss, I'll catch a beat running like Randy Moss. You know, the rhythm is Cadillac Ta. I hate that I know that. But he was accompanying Andre Benjamin and uh, I don't know Big Boy's name. But it is Outcast. It's on the whole world. The correct answer is Outcast, and it is, like John said, from their song, The Whole World, off their album, Big Boy and Dre Present, Outcast. Whole world loves it when you're down. Wah, 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 wah. It's a really good song, actually. It, it really is. I'll agree with you. Andre, Andre 3000 might be my second favorite rapper of all time. This is so, so brilliant with his words. Question three, and this might be a first. I don't, I'm not sure if we've had a literary question yet. So question three, who wrote the novels Shoeless Joe and the Iowa Baseball Confederacy? Got it. Checking in. Just wanted to show that I knew it too. Uh, Three Shades of Purple is checked in. Uh, Funky Bunch. You guys can talk it out. John, the only literary uh, thing I know about sports is Casey at the bat. So... (laughs) That's probably not true, but props to, props to Casey at the bat. 
Oh, maybe Hemingway just says he references baseball and his was old man in the sea, but I got nothing. Okay. Sounds good. We'll check in with Hemingway. All right. The Funky Bunch checked in with Hemingway and Three Shades of Purple. What do you guys got? I may not know much about rap music since 2000, but I know the movie Field of Dreams. And I know it is based on Chulish Joe, the Iowa Baseball Confederacy. is another book written by this same author who gave his last name to the lead character in Shoeless Joe, but not his first. The character is Ray Kinsella, but the author is W.P. Kinsella. The correct answer is W.P. Kinsella. And all of that that Trey said, once again, was my flavor text, so we'll move on to question four. What Oscar-winning screenwriter created the television show Sports Night about a fictional sports news show by the same name? Checking in. Three Shades of Purple is checked in. Funky Bunch, you guys can talk it out. Well, I'm going to try to channel my inner Kells here, so it's an Oscar winner. Uh-huh. So Oscar-winning screenwriter, I think Aaron Sorkin. That's always what pops into my head first. But that's the good it's going to get. So Sorkin's done a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff. Exactly. Sorkin would be the easy go-to. Then we are going to check in with Aaron Sorkin. All right, Funky Bunch checks in with Aaron Sorkin. Three Shades of Purple, what do you guys got? You could definitely tell this is an Aaron Sorkin joint because people are walking together very, very quickly and talking. Constantly. And if you haven't seen Sports Night yet, go look up an episode called Eli's Coming. It's amazing stuff. I would say I would recommend this higher than Pitch. <laughs> of course. I mean, Pitch was good. I, I enjoyed Pitch, but... Thank you, Bombeck. Definitely try to track down Sports Night and give it a give it a watch, Scott. The correct answer is Aaron Sorkin. Uh, the flavor text I had didn't go in-depth on that. It just was to point out that he also wrote the screenplay for Moneyball. We all know how I feel about that movie. I, cha- I channeled my inner Kells and it worked. Thanks, Kells. Question five. Few may know that John Madden's first video game, John Madden Football, was released back in 1988 for PCs. In what year was the first video game released under the NFL Madden blank name? Let's check it in. Three Shades of Purple is checked in, so Funky Bunch, you guys can talk it out. All right, so I did a Madden Dean's list a while ago about, you know, the last 10 cover athletes of Madden. And looking that up, going through all the covers... I know Madden was by himself on the first three or four uh-huh. and before it went to like Eddie George and started going to players. That was around 97. So if he's on the first three or four, that's 92, 93 ish. That's what I'm thinking in that era. So I owned Madden 95. Definitely out in 95. And I, I feel like it was definitely out in 94. I almost want to say definitely 93 too, but I feel like football games and sports games in general tend to release August, October of like the year prior. So yeah. Like the upcoming, uh, what, Madden 21 is going to be um, right. released right. in mid-August. I'm good with going with 92. I'm good with 92 as well. Yeah, if we think 93 was like the first game. So we'll check in with 1992. All right. So the Funky Bunch is checking in with 1992. And Three Shades of Purple, what do you guys got? I'm kind of hoping that he's specific about his wording for a reason on this. The first one with the Madden NFL, because otherwise they got us on this one, I think because we went for the Eddie George bait. Is that correct? Yeah. I thought that was the first one that was actually called Madden 97, you know, as opposed to the NFL games. So if that's not right, then uh, 
then we're at the uh, the point of Samsonite. We were way off. <laughs> check the brief. Check the briefcase, Dan. So yeah, we we checked in with 1996. Uh, unfortunately, neither team is going to get points. One team was one year off. The correct answer was 1993. We were going to go with 93. So Madden NFL 94 was the first. The So 92's release was John Madden Football 93. That was the last of the John Madden Football year. And then 93 had the Madden NFL 94, and it's kept the Madden NFL year yep. since. So super close, guys, but just one year. Oh. In 1993, I was playing old school um, Tecmo Bowl in my dorm room. Yes. And we had uh, we had banners up for the. There's six of us lived in this place. We had banners up around the uh, around the living room for uh, all the teams that that won the Super Bowl in the in the seasons <laughs> that we played. Nice. We played like 24 seasons. I never won a Super Bowl. Yikes. So Madden NFL '94 was released that year for both Super Nintendo and the Sega Genesis. So heading into the second half, we have the following scores. Funky Bunch is in the triple digits. They have 120. And Three Shades of Purple has 320. We'd like to take a minute to invite you to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BenchwarmersTP. We also have a Facebook group for fans of the pod called The Bench. Join us there to comment on the latest episodes and share cool sports facts and trivia. If you'd be willing to rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher, we'd greatly appreciate the support so that other people may find this podcast. Thanks. Now on to the second half. Today's third quarter will be The Missing Link. The Missing Link. This quarter will consist of five questions with theme-linked answers. The teams will attempt to answer the questions and guess the theme. Each question is worth 20 points. If a team checks in first via chat to the host with the correct theme before the fifth question, they will earn 100 points. The other team can still earn 50 points with the correct theme guess. If neither team has checked in with the correct theme before the fifth question, each team can earn 50 points with the correct answer to the theme after the fifth question. All right, question one. On June 27, 1999, at the X Games, who became the first skateboarder to land a 900, a trick involving the completion of two and a half mid-air revolutions on a skateboard? Let's check in. All right. The Funky Bunch has checked in. So three shades of purple, you guys can talk it out. In early days of skateboarding, legends, Tony Hawk's first person that comes to come to mind. Yeah, and that's the only one that I can come up with as well. So I'm I'm happy I'm happy with that. And that leads to a whole lot of possibilities for a link as well. Yeah, it does. So we'll check in with Tony Hawk. All right. Three Shades of Purple's checked in with Tony Hawk. And the Funky Bunch, what do you guys got? Yeah, we both uh both typed it to each other pretty much simultaneously. Um the other guys that landed those kind of tricks in the early days were BMXers, not skateboarders. So we went with Tony Hawk. And the correct answer is Tony Hawk. Uh, while he may be one of the most accomplished skateboarders in the history of the sport, he did not fare as well in the third season of The Masked Singer, being eliminated after one week as the elephant. <laughs> Question two. What figure skater finished behind teammate Tara Lipinski to win silver medal at the 1998 Winter Olympics? I think we can check in on this. 
All right, so three shades of purple's checked in. So Funky Bunch, you guys can talk it out. I was thinking maybe it might be Michelle Kwan. Yeah. Yeah, because her and Lipinski were around the same age. Yamaguchi is older than them. Cause she I mean she won a she won a medal in like ninety two, Yamaguchi. Mm-hmm. So she was she's a little bit older. Lipinski was like fourteen, fifteen. Michelle Kwan was around that age as well. Yeah, I'm I'm down with Michelle Kwan. Absolutely. All right. I feel like Chrissy Yamaguchi is really just more stand up because I have a sister with that name. Your sister's name is Yamaguchi? Yamaguchi Pina? <laughs> it's a very, very rare, very rare name. We'll check in with Michelle Kwan. All right, so the Funky Bunch checked in with Michelle Kwan. Three shades of purple. What do you guys got? And sadly, it was poor Michelle Kwan that kept losing the gold medal contest at the Olympics. And the correct answer is Michelle Kwan. Uh, she also won a bronze medal at the 2002 Winter Olympics. So the theme-linked answers thus far are Tony Hawk and Michelle Kwan. Moving on to question three. What former undisputed heavyweight boxing champion won the gold medal at the 1964 Olympics in the heavyweight class? Checking in. Three Shades of Purple's checking in. So, Funky Bunch, you guys can talk it out. That's, uh, that's too far back for me, John. I, I like boxing. I, I follow it somewhat, but not that far back. I follow it from, like, 80s on. Uh, heavyweight. I don't think Clay was a heavyweight. No, he wasn't. If I'm not going to pull it, like, I'm not going to say, I'm going to say Clay. Yep, sure, let's do it. All right, check in with Clay. All right, so the Funk Bunch checking in with Clay. And Three Shades of Purple, what do you guys got? Well, Muhammad Ali, Cassius Clay, was a light heavyweight in Rome in 1960. George Foreman was a heavyweight in Mexico City in 1968. But in between them, there was another person who won the gold medal, in Tokyo in 64, who also became undisputed heavyweight champion. And if I can do a really bad impression, that was Joe Frazier. We're checking in with Joe Frazier. And the correct answer is Joe Frazier. So he was the first boxer to beat Muhammad Ali. He did so in the fight of the century in which both boxers entered the bout undefeated. The theme-linked answers thus far are Tony Hawk, Michelle Kwan, and Joe Frazier. Moving on to question four. Six people have won two World Series titles as a player and one as a manager. Who is the only person to have won all three titles for teams within the same state? Yeah, we'll go ahead and check in. All right, so the Funky Bunch has checked in. Three Shades Purple, you guys can talk it out now. All right, so Dusty Baker, yeah, he won won the one with the... He was manager of the 2002 Angels. No, he was the manager of the Giants, wasn't he? he I'm, I'm sorry, yes, he was the manager of the Giants in 2002. Right. And they didn't win the World Series that year. The Angels won it. I thought Baker had won a World Series as a manager. Um. Yeah, I don't think he has, actually. I think that was the closest he got was 2002. Okay, so it's not Dusty Baker. Um, I'm trying to think of managers that have just won the one World Series. Um same state man in the same state yeah that that keeps bringing me thinking either new york or california right because well i mean it's i don't think it's missouri no no yeah whitey didn't play for the cardinals and he won as a manager for both of them so he doesn't fit this florida 
uh, no, Tampa's never won a World Series. They are just played in one. Uh, Texas, the Rangers have never won one. So we're almost, yeah, it's, a, it's either New York or California. That kind of brings me back to a guy that we were kicking around a little bit. Brings me back to Leo DeRocher, who I'm pretty sure won titles as a manager with the New York Giants. As a manager? I mean, he, will, he only needs one. He only have one, though. Right. Oh, boy. I'm just thinking there's got to be some combination of, of Dodgers, Giants, Yankees, Mets somehow. We know that Gil Hodges was the manager of the Mets, the Miracle Mets. And we know that he played on, in Brooklyn. They won. They only won one, though. Did he play on another New York team? That's what I'm wondering. If he ever played for the Giants... I'm pretty sure he never played for the Yankees. All right. Well, we're going to have to come come up with something here. Um, What's our best guess for even remaining? DeRocher? I don't know. Um, that might be our best guess remaining, though. Maybe he won another one. Let's check in with Leo. Yeah, we'll go Leo DeRocher. All right. So, Three Shades of Purple's checking in with Leo DeRocher. And Funky Bunch, what do you guys got? Yeah, we kind of had two that we were – thinking about um the first one being joe girardi uh winning as a manager with the yanks and then winning as a player with the yanks possibly but um we ended up not going with girardi because we went with uh someone we know won one as these guys mentioned in 2002 with the angels and then i also know that he played uh in the late 70s and in the 80s for a couple california teams we checked in with uh mike Sosha. that makes a lot of sense and the correct answer is Mike Sosha. He won both as a player with the Los Angeles Dodgers and one as a manager with the Anaheim Angels. Uh, the other five people who have won two as a player and one as a manager are Lou Pinella, Davey Johnson, Gil Hodges, Red Schoendienst, and Leo DeRocher. However, one of DeRocher's as a player was with Los Angeles uh actually uh st louis oh yeah so he won one with the yankees one with st louis and then he coached the mets okay who was hodges's other win his was one with the brooklyn dodgers and one with the la dodgers his two wins yeah so same team different state uh good job coming up with that guys as soon as you started talking about 2002, I was like, "Up oh, here, they're going to get it. Here they here come. I was getting my, uh, my beep beep ready. And then you guys moved off of it so quickly. And I was like, yes, don't go back to it. Move off of it. So the theme-linked answers thus far are Tony Hawk, Michelle Kwan, Joe Frazier, and Mike Sosha. And moving on to question five. What Hall of Fame quarterback joined Frank Gifford and O.J. Simpson on the Monday Night Football broadcast team in 1985? Yeah, we're going to check in here. All right. Three Shades of Purple has checked in. So, Funky Bunch, you guys can talk it out. Yeah, I'm thinking he was probably done playing by 85, right? We're talking about Terry Bradshaw. Terry Bradshaw and Green. Um, <laughs> you know, obviously we know that he is an analyst. You know, I, I would hope that no one put Joe Namath in, in the booth, in the broadcast booth. <laughs> so I hope that it's not him. Yeah, that's, that's the good it's going to get. All right. We'll check in with Terry Bradshaw. All right. The Funky Bunch is checking in with Terry Bradshaw and Three Shades of Purple. What do you guys got? I just had a thought, Trey, and I think our answer's wrong. 
we checked in the uh, playing a bit of know your host and remembering that this person was the host of a different TV show, which would make him a TV personality as well. Uh, we said Fran Tarkenton. All right. And Three Shades of Purple checks in with Fran Tarkenton and they've been bit by the know your host. Yeah. And Scott, the person you said you'd hope they wouldn't put in the booth. Oh, no They way. put in the booth. Joe Namath yep. is the yep. correct answer. Why would they do that? He was only there for one year. I, I remember this. Oh, man. So both Namath and Simpson were let go after that season, and Al Michaels joined Gifford for the 1986 season. Terrible decision. <laughs> so just to let you know, a theme guess was put in after the second question by... Three Shades of Purple. It is an incorrect answer. So both of you have a chance to submit a correct answer to the theme. The theme-linked answers are Tony Hawk, Michelle Kwan, Joe Frazier, Mike Sosha, and Joe Namath. And if you're struggling with the theme, I did have a hidden clue within question five. If anybody would like to hear question five again... Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? What Hall of Fame quarterback joined Frank Gifford and O.J. Simpson on the Monday Night Football broadcast team in 1985? John, do you think it could be people that want to kiss Susie Culver? <laughs> want to kiss you. One <laughs> uh, of five people that have never been in my kitchen? Ah, yes! Yes! We got another one. That is the common answer when we people don't know the answer. So that is awesome. Thank you for that cheers reference. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a Clavin. So Dan, what was your guess after the second? After the second one, it was um, people who had their name on video games. So I don't know if you can see the little cross stitch up above my head here. It says, I am so smart, S-M-R-T. And it has Homer Simpson's picture on it. Oh. The theme is they've all been guest stars on the simpsons joe frazier mike sosha and joe namath are the only athletes who have guest starred more than once mike sosha was on the springfield nine softball team yep uh yeah i wouldn't have been any help there john i've never seen an episode of the simpsons that wasn't a treehouse of horror episode what so <laughs> what so i was of no help there so i don't feel so bad about not knowing it and thus my hidden clue was oj Simpson. Sure. Wow. All right. Well, I know I'm not the first one to stump somebody on a theme. It's happened a couple other times. So it just sucks when it happens in a game when you're already down a considerable amount and you kind of need the, the hundred. Bombback's going to be the first person to win his own game. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm the anchor. It's the only way I can get a W. That's right. All right. After the third quarter, we have the following scores Funky Bunch has 180 points. And Three Shades of Purple has 380 points. The point difference did not change during the third quarter. That brings us to the fourth quarter known as Put Your Fours Up. The fourth quarter, known as Put Your Fours Up. This quarter consists of five categorized questions that teams will wager up to 100 points each not to exceed their current point total. The categories for today are as follows. Question one is in NFL general managers. 
Question two, NBA most valuable players. Question three, NHL champions. Question four, college football playoff national championship MVPs. And question five, AL rookies of the year. It is now time for teams to place their wagers via chat to the host. Now that the wagers are in, on to the questions. Question one in NFL general managers. The year before trading for Brett Favre, Ron Wolf was personnel director for what AFC East team that had intended to draft Favre in 1991, but he was taken by the Falcons on the previous pick? Are you certain on that, or is that a guess? I'd say 65% certain. Let's go with it, then. That's fine. Okay. All right, so three shades of purples checked in. So, Funky Munch, you guys can talk it out. All right, John. AFC East, early 90s. Miami didn't need a QB, so we can rule them out. Yeah. I mean, I'm wondering if it's uh, not so much a case of know your host, but maybe a case of know your guests. Do you think it's the Patriots? I, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, at that time, I mean, like, geez, who we were running with. They needed a QB, yeah. They didn't have Drew Bledsoe yet. Like, before Bledsoe, yeah, like, Zolak, Ecules, freaking Steve Grogan, um, I mean, I'm not sure that it's the Jets. I feel like they would have brought that up, like, when he went to the Jets. I don't remember ever hearing, like, anything about that. Uh, the Bills had should have had Jim Kelly, so maybe they weren't concerned about a QB. This is also 1990, the AFC East, so were the divisions the same as they are now? I feel like the East could, could kind of stayed, stayed the same for the most part. So I think the Colts were in the East. That was three uh, divisions, right, at the time? Right. Because they had, then they had the alignment to four, four divisions per conference. So it could be the Colts as well. Yeah. Which I don't hate as an answer. Colts had a uh, Jim Harbaugh, right? I know he was there in the '90s. I don't know when he got there. Keep talking about the Colts, and Trey might come through the uh, microphone and get you. <laughs> I will. I will destroy somebody. Well, I mentioned. Yeah, I tried to mention the Colts to see if I could get a reaction out of them. Also thinking that it could be them because the Colts love to get their hands on Hall of Fame quarterbacks mm-hmm. and the and the Curtis Painters of the world. And do vile, horrible things to them. Right. I don't know, John. I mean, Colts, Jets, Patriots. The Patriots were like abysmally bad. Okay. Yeah, let's check in. Let's do it then. Let's talk about the bad times with the New England Patriots. Check that in. Funky Bunch is checking in with the New England Patriots. Uh, three shades of purple. What do you guys got? Well, um, it definitely wasn't the Dolphins or the Bills because you know, with Marino and Kelly, you don't spend a second-round draft pick on your quarterback. Unless you're the Packers. <laughs> <laughs> it worked out for them the last time they did it. Yeah, it did. With the Indy abomination, um, I don't think that they were smart enough to draft somebody like that then. Um, yeah, Jeff George then. Right. They were riding on him. <laughs> I'm sorry, a moment a moment of silence for all of those who thought that Jeff George was going to do something for them at all the teams that he played for. <laughs> Guilty. Um, so that's down to the uh, to the Jets and the Pats. And um, the Jets at this time were actually halfway decent. You know, this was the uh, the end of the Ken O'Brien. Freeman McNeil era, and they had gotten a reputation for being fairly decent at talent. If I'm the Packers, I don't hire somebody from New England's front office back then. 
I hire somebody that has shown that he's gotten good players and the Jets had better players than the Packers then. So that's why I'm, like I said, I'm 65% certain that the Packers would have taken somebody that had worked with the Jets and built that team rather than somebody who had worked with the Pats and built that team. So uh, we checked in with the Jets. All right. So three shades of purple checked in with the Jets. And for how many points? Three. Three. And Funky Bunch, uh, how many points did you guys do for the Patriots? We wagered 20 points. All right. So the correct answer is the New York J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Which is proof that betting on the Jets sometimes can win you money. No, not this time. It's going to win you a clipboard captain trophy. That's pretty much it. <laughs> so when, after they lost out on Favre on that pick, with the next pick, they ended up drafting quarterback Browning Nagel. From Louisville. Not quite the same quarterback that Brett Favre was. I mean, he had to be close. Check their season, Check their uh, their career stats. I bet, they, I bet you they were closer than you think. <laughs> I bet Favre threw way more interceptions. <laughs> I think you're right. Moving on to question two. In NBA Most Valuable Players, what player has won the most NBA Most Valuable Player awards? Okay, we'll check in. All right. Three Shades of Purple's checked in. So, Funky Bunch, you guys can talk it out. Don, I'm thinking it's someone older. Yeah, I'm thinking that too. Jordan has five. So, if, if, if we say it's not, so if it's not Jordan with five, then it has to be more than five. That's not Kobe. That's not Shaq. That's not... LeBron. It's got to be someone who played a lot and won a lot, I would think, too, like Bill Russell. Uh... Well, that's why I was thinking Russell, Wilt, or Kareem, because, you know, they played for a while. I mean, Kareem jumps out to me, kind of. Like, I mean. Yeah, I mean, in the 70s, I'm trying to think of who we would have been battling for MVPs. I mean, maybe it's the logo Jerry West, you know, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Chamberlain and Russell were pretty much in competition with each other for the award. Yep. I'm inclined to go with Wilt over Kareem. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. We're going to check in with Wilt Chamberlain, and we wagered 60 points on this one. All right, Funky Bunch checked in with Wilt Chamberlain for 60 points and three shades of purple. How about you guys? We were going back and forth between Russell and Jabbar. I said, you know what, let's go with what you think, Trey, because you've been leading us all game. So we checked in with, um, with Kareem. For how many points? Three. And the correct answer is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He has won six times. He won three with the Bucks and three with the Lakers. You guys got to stop being reckless with your wages there. <laughs> Bill Russell and Michael Jordan are tied for second with five. How many do the Bulls have? I'm going to guess like three. I think Bill Russell took a lot of MVPs from him. I feel like while Will Chamberlain was worried about, you know, seeing how many women he can get. Bill Russell was worried about winning. That doesn't mean you can't get MVPs. Ric Flair has slept with like 500 women. Woo! Not a surprise. It's four, just one less. So. Oh yeah. Uh, John, we're getting we're getting real close. Uh, we're about to be under that Mendoza line. One more uh, incorrect answer. All right. Moving on to question three in NHL champions. What Boston Bruin was the only player to score at least one goal in each of their four wins against the Vancouver Canucks in the 2011 Stanley Cup Finals? I don't know a single player that 
played played for the Bruins now, played for the Bruins in 2011, played for the Bruins in 1991. <laughs> Scott, if it makes it feel better without having written this question, I wouldn't have known the answer. Who? No, I've heard of I've heard of him, so I wouldn't I wouldn't have given you my classic owl hoot. So no. Spoiler alert. Don't o- don't overthink a question we bid zero points on. Yeah, exactly. Let's check that in. All right. All right. The Funky Bunch are checked in. So three shades of purple, you guys can talk it out. We were thinking, we started thinking about Chara, but I mean, he's a big old goofus defenseman. He, I don't think he was scoring a lot of goals. And then the other name that pops into my mind for the for the Bruins, known more for uh, for licking people on the face than for uh, for anything else, is Brad Marchand. <laughs> I think I think it might have been him. That's that's an educated guess on my part, and that's all we can all we can do. So we're going to check with Brad Marchand. All right, so three shades of purple is checking in with Brad Marchand for how many points? Three for three. All right, and Funky Bunch, what did you guys come up with? Hockey, like I've only I've like probably in the last like ten or fifteen years have gotten good gotten a good like appreciation for. I'm trying to think, I was trying to think of like people like there was Samsonov, there was Thornton, there was uh Tyler Seguin, there was um. David Krejci, Milan Lucic, uh, Zdeno Chara, um, Anson Carter, Patrice Bergeron, Truka Zagoli. Um, but I've been taking a licking this whole damn game. So if we're going to take a licking, we might as well pick a licker. We picked Brad Marchand. And for how many points? Uh, the, we, we wagered big. Big old zero. Well, maybe you should have wagered a few points on this one because the correct answer is... Brad Marchand. Uh, he scored a total of five goals in the Stanley Cup Finals, which led the team, including two in the decisive Game 7. Takes a ticking and keeps on licking. Exactly. Both teams got correct answers and three points were awarded. That, <laughs> that is correct. All right, moving on to question four in College Football Playoff National Championship MVPs. In the 2020 College Football Playoff National Championship, Joe Burrow was responsible for all six touchdowns by the Tigers, five passing and one rushing. Within 25 yards, how many all-purpose yards did Joe Burrow accumulate during this game? Okay, let's, let's, we're checking in. All right, so Three Shades of Purple's checked in. So Funky Bunch, you guys can talk it out. Uh, yep, we're also going to check in. All right, so Funky Bunch, uh, what'd you guys come up with, and how many points did you wager? So we wagered less points than we have for our answer. Just want to let you know that. Uh, we wagered 40, and our answer is 495 all-purpose yards. All right, so the Funky Bunch checks in with 495 yards for 40 points. Three shades of purple, what'd you guys come up with? We went lower than that. Um we went with 451 yards for uh, three points because we can't do anything nicely. We had one team one yard away from getting points. The correct answer was 521 yards. Oh, wow. So the acceptable range was 496 to 546. <laughs> oh, wow. I was way off. I knew it was over 500. He threw for 463. Oh, man. And he ran for 58. So if you knew it was more than 500, why did you guess less than 500? Because I'm not the only one on my team, Bombeck. I was leaning there, too. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. One yard away. My my first suggestion was 501. Uh, Yeah, you're right. 
because I, I figured you were like a certain other person that hosts a sports trivia game and always goes for the one little number off somewhere. I was, I must have been thinking of his passing yards. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I initially had it at 20 yards because I was like, I don't want somebody to say 500 and get it right. But then I was like, that's cruel. If somebody says 500, that should be a correct answer. You should have had it at you should have had it at thirty or at twenty six. Within twenty six yards, <laughs> <laughs> that was so close, so close. All right, moving on to question five in AL Rookies of the Year, uh, and I must give a little shout out to my friend Tim Simplot. He and I were having a discussion a couple of weeks back about AL Rookies of the Year, as one does. As one does, yes. So to date, there have been six American League Rookies of the Year who have been elected to the National Baseball Hall of Fame. They won their Rookie of the Year awards in 1956 with the Chicago White Sox, 1967 with the Minnesota Twins, 1972 with the Boston Red Sox, in 1977 with the Baltimore Orioles, in 1982 with the Baltimore Orioles, and in 1996 with the New York Yankees. Name four of these players. Okay, we're locked in. All right, Three Shades of Purple is checked in, so Funky Bunch, you guys can talk it out. Okay, John. Jeter, Yankees, Ripken, Orioles, out of the way. There's two. So now we have to go backwards. Twins in 67. Why am I not surprised there's a twin involved in this question? Because the other Twins Rookies of the Year never got into the Hall of Fame. Which is an injustice, because I especially learned how to spell Zoilo Versalis in case we had to deal with him today. Did he win Rookie of the Year? I know he was an MVP. I think just MVP. So I, I think, hopefully, the Veterans Committee will get it right and get another Rookie of the Year in the Hall of Fame for the Twins. Dan, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I thought you were going to go with Marty Cordova, though, for a while. Woo! Yay, Oriole and Twin. You guys, there's your, <laughs> there's your link right there, guys. That should have been your team name. And, and Chuck Knobloch hasn't come up yet this episode. Well, I don't think it was him in 67. Uh, all right, so 77 Orioles. Oh, man. 72 Red Sox. I was saying the only two people I know pretty much from Minnesota are Prince and Kirby Puckett, and one of them plays baseball. Oh, Prince could ball. He could. He was more basketball. Yeah, yeah. He could ball. He actually did play. He actually did play basketball for St. Paul Central. Yeah, let's not get down this wormhole, John, because we'll never get out of it. If you're going to go down a wormhole and not get out of it, a Prince one is a good one to go down. I suppose. 67, Rookie of the Year, Minnesota. Is that like Harmon Killebrew? I, I don't really know his um, his years of playing, except for that I think he played. I think he was active in the 70s. That sounds about right. And he'd be a Hall of Famer. 72 Red Sox is like, I'm trying to think of who is in the Hall of Fame. Is it too late for Yastrzemski? Who, by the way, his son is like doing really well in the Giants currently. Yeah, there was a question I was about to write about uh, somebody's grandfather being a uh, Hall of Famer, but uh, not going to do that now. 77 Orioles, I'm drawing a blank because, sorry, Trey, but I don't really care about the Orioles. <laughs> One out of five of us on this uh, podcast do, and that's higher than the national average, so. Okay. All right. I had to get one at you, Trent. You brought up the name that shall not be named earlier today. So I like Cal. Oh, I think Cal and and Jeter are for sure correct. 82 and 96. No, me as opposed to like Baltimore. I like Cal. 
Oh, okay, gotcha. I can tell you he played 2,632 consecutive games. All right, do you want to go with Jeter, Ripken, Yastrzemski, and Killebrew? Yeah, let's just go with those. All right, we're going to check in, um, and it looks like we're getting awfully close to zero here, John. We're going to check in with Derek Jeter, Cal Ripken Jr., Harmon Killebrew, and Carl Yastrzemski for the only 60 points that we have left. All right, the Funky Bunch has checked in with Derek Jeter, Cal Ripken Jr., Carl Yastrzemski, and Harmon Killebrew for 60 points. And three shades of purple, what'd you guys get? I don't know which four you checked in with. I thought we named them all, but I wasn't sure which four you checked in with. So, um, I, Well, the first four that we've got, in, and that's how we should do it to be safe, uh, Cal, obviously, 1982. Mm-hmm. Um, guys, Eddie Murray. 1977 Baltimore Orioles Eddie Easy Eddie Murray I thought I thought he was earlier than that I thought he came up before then The Minnesota Twin was was Rod Carew And uh, we uh, actually the next one that we mentioned uh, was Louis Aparicio of the White Sox the short the Hall of Fame shortstop So are those the four you're checking in with Yeah for how many points I think you know 3 or three, yes. Well, one team will be getting points. The correct answers are Louis Aparicio, Rod Carew, Carlton Fisk, Eddie Murray, Cal Ripken Jr., and Derek Jeter. We did it. We did it, John. I made my mark, gentlemen. Left my mark on this show. The game has come to an end, and here are the final scores. Team the Funky Bunch wagered all of their points. They did get a question correct in the fourth quarter. However, they had <laughs> wagered zero points on that one. So they finish with zero points. And our clipboard captains of the game, who are receiving the coveted Matt Barkley Award with 389 points, is three shades of purple. Congratulations, guys. Trey, thank you. You were a great teammate today. I mean, you uh, carried me over in a few... Uh, quite a few of those questions so oh no no this was a tremendous amount of fun and thanks for having me oh of course so john hopefully your zero performance today doesn't dissuade you from listening and being willing to come back on again thank you john for coming on is there anything you'd like to say before uh, we wrap up the day i had an absolute blast there's no beating around that i had so much fun i enjoy you guys like you guys got voices for radio. Let me tell you guys. I just like listening alone. Faces, too. Faces for radio, too, yeah. <laughs> Especially this guy, yeah. But, um, no, no, it was so much so much fun. And I'm, I'm, I've been a fan since episode one. I'm always going to be a fan. I put it out. I do my, uh, do my deliveries while working. I listen to this. Probably one of my first podcasts I listen to when I get in there. So it's like I appreciate your content, and um, I hope you guys flourish even greater than what you have right now. Oh, we really appreciate that, John. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, you were hey, you were a great partner. Thanks for putting up with uh, my pitiful performance today. Um, I, my sincerest apologies. We'll definitely have you back on, and you can team with Eric next time so you can score some points. <laughs> <laughs> Trey, we really appreciate you stepping up at the last minute and joining the show. Is there anything else you'd like to say before we wrap up today? I don't appreciate you stepping up. <laughs> <laughs> I promise that I shall carry the clipboard and the grand tradition of such famed Raven Backup quarterbacks as Eric Zier, Stoney Case, Tony Banks, Scott Mitchell, who I think might have backed up in Minnesota too. I'm not sure. He backed up everywhere. 
Scott, Dan, anything else you guys have before we uh, call it a day? No, this was uh, this was a good time tonight. So uh, always a good time with uh, with with your games, Josh. Always. Well, I, pr- I appreciate that. I know Scott usually enjoys my games. Yeah. This apparently does not fit into that category. So listen, there's always an anomaly. I swear to God, I know things. I promise, I know things. Hey, we'll have you <laughs> back on, and you you absolutely can uh, control that. And you, it's not like you guys didn't answer questions correctly. Just because you got a zero at the end doesn't mean you don't know what you're doing. Thanks for listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. And until next time, we'll keep the bench warm. That ball hit high and deep. Stretch. Stretch. Get on back there. They look up. You can put it on the ball. Yes. Yes. Into deep left center for Mitchell. And we'll see you tomorrow night. That great music you're listening to is by Justin Nozick. Thanks to him for producing that music for us. You've been listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. Make sure to check us out on all of our social media. We are at BenchwarmersTP.